So enjoying freedom from, from what the enemy's trying to do to destroy you. That's what we want to talk about. We mentioned offense. People get so offended so easily. I think about the little granddaughter. She was sitting in the lap of her grandpa, and, and she had her little mirror, and, and she was looking at it, and then she was filling her grandpa's cheeks and his face, and she put the mirror up to him, and, and she said, Grandpa, what's wrong with your face? He said, well, God created me, and I'm getting older, and I'm his creation. And then she held the mirror up to her face, and she looked at her face. She said, God's getting better in his creation, isn't he, Grandpa? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he is getting better. So if you were a, a Gen Z, a young person, you were created for such a time as this, oh my goodness, he saved the best for last. You're going to do amazing things for the kingdom of God and what he's doing. So last week we talked about enjoying freedom with Jesus, and the first point was this, you have to decide to forgive. You have to decide to forgive. It's so important that we reach out and let people know the first verse there is talks about we all get tempted to sin. They're going to come, but you and I need to understand even as Jesus forgives us, other people will hurt you. Now look at your neighbor and say, he could be talking to you about me today. You could have been the one that hurt me. Uh, and we talked about Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. When somebody gets offended, they hang on to it for such a long time. And it's amazing to me, I was thinking about a friend of mine and served in the military years ago, years ago, and one of his co-soldiers were there, and they were constantly pulling pranks on this soldier doing things that they thought were very funny. And he ran into this fellow soldier not too long ago, and this soldier looked at him and said, I have been so offended at you for all these years. What? What you did to me in the military along with those guys, it has hurt and wrecked my life. Oh, my goodness. Now, this guy's a believer now. He wasn't then. And he had to apologize and say, I am so sorry. I was young. I wasn't thinking. You're right. Those were cruel things. Please, please forgive me. We don't realize how we can hurt others. Amen? And we may think that, well, they'll get over or whatever. But there are times where if we've been the one to offend somebody, we have to make it right. But many times, we have been the one offended. And that offense really gets rooted in us if we're not careful. How many know if you're married, you're going to get offended? How many know if you have children, there will be some type of offense? Amen? How many know that if you go to work, somebody's going to offend you? What I'm telling you is it happens everywhere. Scripture even talks about living for Jesus, that the gospel is offensive to the world. Time and time again, Jesus confronted the Pharisees about their 
ungodly lifestyles and the things that they were doing. He called them a brood of vipers. And he said, you know, he was constantly just hammering them, and they wanted him. They were so offended, they wanted to kill him. They even hired a guy in Acts, Acts chapter 9. Well, they gave him an assignment. He was actually a, a Pharisee. His name was Saul. And they told him, we want you to go and stop what this Jesus has started. Go imprison, kill, torture, whatever you've got to do. Stop this movement from going on. So this guy named Saul was going around, and, and he watched Stephen get stoned in front of him. Stephen laid out a tremendous testimony. But Paul, his later, he was known as Paul, he was offended by the gospel and what these people were doing. So he took it upon himself to destroy them. He persecuted them. He chased them down. The disciples, they took and they scattered. But one day, Paul was on a road to Damascus. And on that road, as he was riding a donkey, he heard a voice from heaven and a bright light. And that voice was Jesus saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And you can read that story there. And he falls off the donkey, and he's blind because of the fall. You see, if we're not careful, church, we can offend people, we can do the wrong thing, and if we won't change, there comes a point where God will make a change in us. God has a way of getting our attention. Amen? Some of you have hung on to stuff so long. Well, I remember when she said this or he did that. And I'm just, and then you're telling everybody about it. You're hanging on to the fence instead of forgiving like Jesus forgave you. And there's this guy called Ananias that God speaks to. He says, go to this Saul, pray for him. And I can imagine Ananias saying, this guy is killing everybody. Are you serious, God? I mean, he could have gotten offended. I don't want to go to him. Send somebody else. This guy's wicked. He's evil. And he could have looked at Saul and said, you evil slime bag. You sorry sap sucker. You're blind. You need to stay blind. There are some people here that would say that. I know you. But he came and he said to him, Jesus has sent me to pray for you. And he prayed for him and his eyes were healed. He received his sight back. And Saul's name became Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Aren't you glad that somebody was obedient to go to him and not stay offended if he was offended, but was willing to step out and say, you know what? God wants you to change. He's forgiven you. To me, it's a great example. Of what's and then Paul spends the rest of his days telling others about Christ. He's beat time and time again. He's shipwrecked. All these things, have, at times, you know, he was even left for dead. He was imprisoned with Silas. And an earthquake took place, and he led the jailer to the Lord. All these things happened in his life. But if we hang on to offense, 
we can stop the Holy Spirit from working in and through us. Amen? So look at your neighbor and say, do not be offended. Don't be offended. It's so important that you get that. So many people are walking around, well, you deceive me and I can't stand you. No, you need to let that go. When we really understand how much Jesus has forgiven us. As I was driving in this morning, I, I remembered my uncle. He was born in Tennessee. He had a second grade education. There were six kids in my uncle's family. All six of them had different fathers. His mom was never married. She was considered the outcast, the wild woman, the loose woman. And when he would go to school, along with his siblings, they would make fun of him. We don't, you don't even know who your dad is. None of us do. At, in second grade, he quit school. Never went back. He met my aunt. They got married. She taught him how to read, how to write. He decided that for his family, he was going to be an awesome dad, even though he had not committed to Christ. She had, but he had not. She prayed for him every day. They would get ready to bless the meal, and she would look at my uncle, and she'd say, would you like to pray over the meal? And he would say, no. But every day she would ask him to do that. They would tuck the boys in, and she would say, would you like to pray for the boys? And he would say, no. He'd never been taught how to do that. He would listen to her. One day, he said, I want to go to church with you. So he went to church. He gave his life to the Lord. Again, he was an awesome father. He committed himself to Christ. He started praying over the meals. He started praying for the boys. And whenever I would go to his house, he was one of the first men in my life to tell me he loved me. He would hug me. He would give me a kiss on the forehead. He would tuck me in. I'd never had that before. My uncle became one of the godliest men I've ever known. I could call him to do anything, but he never stayed offended at his mother, at the father he never knew. He decided to let Jesus handle all that. See, you have a choice. You can get bitter or you can get better. Can I say that again? You have a choice. You can get bitter or you can get better. I love sports growing up, and you've heard me say this, but my mom and dad, they knew that if I got mad in sports, I played better. So in baseball, whether it was on the all-star team, whatever, I remember playing this team from Cincinnati, and, and my dad calls me over. This guy's got an amazing curveball. You need to get up in front of the box. You hear me? Get up in front of the box. Okay, okay, I'm up in front of the box. And I let that curveball go by, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and he's like, Hit the ball. So then he starts calling me my nicknames in front of everybody. And my mom's back there, yeah, come on, little sugar pup. Now I'm getting mad. I remember stepping out of the box, pointing the bat over, going, don't do that. Oh, little junior. That day, 
I was only one of two guys that got base hits off that guy because I was mad. I was mad during the game. I was mad after the game and stuff. And, and I tried that with my children, and that backfired. <laughs> I offended them. So I had to ask them to forgive me for my offense. And so, you know, we have to be careful what we do and be able to do that. Our sister here, I love her. Now, she had a stroke, and she's still recovering, but God is blessing her. And so I wanted you to know that because she saw that TV ad, and she said, man, the Lord wants me at this church. You have to be careful. How many know honey will attract more than vinegar? Too many of us try to use vinegar. And my parents, they were naive about this, but it worked on me for some reason. But when I told my son when he was in cross or at track at McCutcheon, and I said, son, if you don't speed up, that girl's going to pass you. He stopped, and he said, I'll walk off this track right now. I'm like, oh. Okay. Lesson learned. Don't do that. We justify our offense by telling others about the offense we have towards someone. Have you done that? Justify it by telling others? You know what they did to me? You know what they said? Where is the forgiveness? Come on. Where is the forgiveness of letting it go? Forgiving. Matthew 6, 12 through 14, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. We develop thoughts of protection and as we try to protect ourselves, we isolate ourselves, and then the enemy can use that against us. Have you ever thought, why is it that I had those parents, or I had those children, or those coworkers, and you wanted to blame them? Can I tell you something? You can make that a stumbling block in your life, or you can say, it's a stepping stone. I'm stepping up, God. I'm stepping up and saying, Jesus, you're going to teach me more through that. And, and, you know, in my life, these stumbling blocks, I made stepping stones, and I'm amazed at what God did. I watched my uncle, who really was such an example to me, not only be a tremendous father, a tremendous husband, a great uncle, a great worker, but he became such a servant at our church. I could call my uncle, and he would be over here in a minute fixing something. He was always looking to fix something. I remember when I was getting ready to get married. And it was the day before my wedding, and he had me come out to his house. I'm Owen Jr., so he said, Jr., I want to talk to you about marriage. And he had my grandpa there, and I'm thinking, oh, no. What are these old Tennessee boys going to say? And so they were giving me advice, good advice. No other man was doing that. And then they just put their arms around me, let me know they love me. And they said, you're going to be a great husband. Oh, my goodness. You need people to believe in you, amen? You need people encouraging you, building you up. People build walls around themselves because of family turmoil. If you hate someone, the Bible says that that's like the spirit of murder. 
Be careful. Look at the second point. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 18, 1 and 2 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. Be careful. Be careful what you say and what you do. If you have this attitude that everybody's out to get you, you're in trouble. You become soul-centered, mind, will, and emotion. And you let your soul, mind, will, and emotion run with things. Oh, they're always out to get me. They're going to do me in. And it's that insecurity of not knowing who you are. Courtney talked about knowing who you are in Christ. When you know who you are in Christ, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, they understand that. But when you're soulish and you don't know who you are in Christ, the devil has a field day with your soul. So be very careful. We know in our society lawless will abound. It's, lawlessness is already abounding. But lawlessness means not being submitted to authority of God, to the authority of God. So if I'm a rebellious thinker and I'm really soulish, what I'm saying is I don't know if he's going to do this. I don't know if she's going to do this. I don't know if they met this. I think they met something else. They're really against me. I become a foolish thinker and God can't use me because I'm living in a false narrative full of fear and doubt that everybody's against me. Some feel mistreated, amen? Happens in life, but compared to Jesus, we haven't been. Others have been mistreated and feel they have the right to be offended. Well, they said this and they didn't do that. Let it go, please. Let it go. A person who's been offended has got to learn to offend. An offended person in Jesus has forgotten what you have been forgiven of if you hang on to the offense. An offended person in Jesus has forgotten what you've been forgiven of. Oh my, ouch. If we really walk out Christ, we don't have to be offended, amen? We can say, you know what, it's all good. They're human. They make mistakes. I may have paid a price, but God's still in charge. He can take what the enemy meant for bad, and he can turn it into good. He can develop character in you. Character in you. Our problem is we rank sin. We rank sin, and then we just kind of build upon that ranking. I don't want my strong feelings about something to overrule God setting that person free. I don't want my strong feelings about something overruling God setting me free. I don't want to be so soulish with my mind, will, and emotion that I focus on the soul all the time and I can't be free. In life, get this, people are going to hurt you. There are two billion people that hate you because you were born in this nation. They hate you. They've never met you. Get over it. Just because you're an American. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. 
There are six things that the Lord hates. Now, we want to justify and say, well, we know God. He hates adultery. That's the biggie. And we know God hates murder. Listen to what he says in Proverbs, what he really hates. There are six things that he hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes. Mm. Pride. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Have you ever thought about, I just wish this would happen to them. I just, I hope they fail. I want them. I want them to be down and be squ- mm. Feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord among his brothers. Seven things here that God hates. Are any of these active in your life? Are you going around gossiping about somebody? Well, they did this to me, and I I just think it's so unfair. Well, just shut up about it, okay? People say don't use that word. Well, you just need to shut up. (laughs) Quit running to people. It's your insecurity that's causing you to run. Because when you know who you are in Christ, you're able to say, it's okay. They spit on Jesus. They ripped out his beard. They beat him. They beat Paul. They did all these cruel things to these disciples. And I've not faced hardly any of that. And their words, or they didn't tell me the truth, get over it. Because if we really start facing some physical persecution, if you can't handle verbal, come on now. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. I want you to say this to your neighbor. We are family. Tell him that. Somebody sitting next to you. We are family. Now tell him this. Don't hate on me. Come on. We're family. Don't hate on me. I said something you didn't agree with. Don't hate on me. And if you do, I just say, Lord, bless them. Bless them and love on them. Expect people to let you down. Expect people to talk about you. Listen, people are on prescriptions today. Now listen to me. Some of them aren't thinking clearly. Some people have hearing loss. Hello? My dad, I would walk in, mom and he had been married, you know, pushing 60 years, and I'd come in and he'd say, your mother doesn't listen. I get so upset. She just goes off in another direction. So I went and had my mom's hearing tested. She'd lost 70% of her hearing. He didn't know it. She didn't know it. And I would walk in sometimes, and she'd have the frying pan to hit him. No, not that far. But I'm like, Dad, the problem is she can't hear you. Some of you are young and have lost some hearing. Do you know that leads to dementia? If you're older, you need to get your hearing tested. It's the truth. Because it kills part of your brain that you can't get back. but you're being offended. Some people are just tired, full of anxiety, 
People will let you down. What you got to remember is God didn't do that to you. Imperfect people did. That'd be a good t-shirt. God did not do it. Imperfect people did. Everybody will have Peter moments where you deny Christ and you run. You turn away. And Jesus comes after. Jesus could have been offended by Peter for him denying him. That was like the worst thing you could do. But he came and he found him. And he said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. The three times that he denied, he gave him three statements back. Turn the other cheek. Courtney read this, but Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one will boast. The last point is this. Obey the word of God. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. Pray for those that have hurt you, wounded you, scarred you. Bless those who have wounded you. Pray and bless. That's what we're supposed to do. Doesn't mean they have to be your best friend. Trust can be earned when it's broken, but it takes time. But you're still required to forgive. Don't make promises with your mouth. And then go and talk behind their backs. Stand with me this morning. I could bring a bunch of you up on stage and I could say, have you ever lied? How many have lied? Let me see your hand. Oh, my gosh. I could bring a bunch of you up on stage and, and I could say, have you ever stolen just one little thing? Let me see your hand. Man, we got a bunch of liars and thieves in this church. <laughs> have you ever thought about killing somebody? Not doing it, but you've thought about it. Let me see your hand. Oh, you, we've got some holy people in here that don't want to lift their hands. Can I tell you something? If you've asked Jesus to forgive you, he still does. Aren't you so grateful? I know some of you have been wounded and hurt, and it was wrong. Some of the things being done in this world and said about people and done to people are so ungodly. But that is the world. I don't justify it, but as believers, as family members, don't hate on one another. Learn to love one another. We can agree on Jesus and what it takes to get to heaven, but we can disagree on other things that are not priorities in the kingdom and still love one another. Amen? The problem is we run away, isolate ourselves, and think, well, you don't think like me. Stop projecting your thoughts on them. I had people, they, they, they're so against abortion, and I'm against abortion. But I'm not the guy to go stand on the street with tape on my mouth holding a sign. I think that's great. I'm not the guy to go to all the banquets. That's not. 
That's your calling that God has called you to do, and I'm grateful that you're doing it. But don't get mad at me because I'm not there, because there's other things that God has called me to do that are priorities to me that I'm supposed to fulfill and do, and I'm not going to project them on you. Stop trying to project your areas of giftings and ministry on others. Don't take it as rejection. Just thank the Lord that somebody's doing something. We just have to be careful. I'm going to close with this. Elijah just overtook in 1 Kings the prophets of Baal. Great miracle took place. God says, I want you to go here and I want you to ask this widow to feed you in a famine. Can you imagine if we had a terrible famine? I mean, where food, you couldn't even get it, and the preacher showed up at your house knocking on the door, and you had one cup of flour left, and being all my family from the south, and you had a little bit of milk, and I said, hey, make me a whole cake. They'd be like, what? What's a whole cake? It's like a little cornbread. And you looked at me and said, wait a minute. This is to feed me and my son. I'm offended that you would ask me to give the last to you, but this is what God told Elijah to do. Come on now. Are you going to get offended or are you going to obey the man of God? Are you going to get offended or are you going to go ahead and take your wealth and your riches, your time and your talent, and put it into the kingdom without expecting something back? Come on, that's an amen there. And she bakes it up and he eats it. And then he tells her how God is going to bless her and feed her son and she and she's going to have overflowing, and he tells her what to do. And a miracle takes place, all because she decided not to get offended. Don't deny yourself a miracle in your marriage, in your children, in your business, in your school, in your neighborhood, in your church, because you want to hang on to an offense when God says, release, forgive, and give. Bow your heads this morning. So many stories in the Bible about people feeling unworthy and offended. You're here this morning and you say, Owen, I really battle with offense. It's gotten a hold of me and I've had a hard time releasing it. Nobody looking around. I don't need to know what it is. Nobody's going to ask you what it is. But would you lift your hand and say, I'm struggling in that area. Come on, hold it up high. Oh my goodness, a lot of hands. Maybe you didn't lift a hand. Maybe you're watching my live stream and that's you this morning. Your step of faith this morning is this. Nobody's going to ask you what it is. 
We're just going to say a prayer, but I'm going to ask you to step out and come forward. Come on, you lifted your hand or you didn't. Would you just, man, I struggle with this offense, this hurt, what's happened to me and my family, what's happened in a previous divorce, what's happened with business, how somebody robbed me, how somebody did this to me. I, I, I've picked up offense. Come on, there were a lot of hands. Don't wait on anybody else. This is how we're closing today. I want you to step out. There was a lot more hands. I believe if you'll step out, God's going God's to do something for you. It's time for you to make the bread and say, God, it's yours. It's yours. Yes, it was wrong. No, it wasn't right. Yes, it hurt. It deeply hurt. Heads bowed. Nobody looking around. You're like, man, I know I should go up there. I, I'm just not, it's just not me. Come on. Step out and take a step of faith to release it to God so you can move on. And God can start pouring in blessings so you can lay down the offense. I'm just going to wait a moment. Come on up here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Lay it down. Lay it down. Whew. That's right, man. There's some more. I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's saying there's a few more that I, they're going to come. Just give them a minute, Owen. Don't rush this. This is very important in their life right now. They're going to lay the offense down, and I'm going to do some new things in their lives because they're no longer going to pick this up and use it as a crutch. It's going to be a stepping stone. Come on, step out. It's going to be a stepping stone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Could I have some believers come and stand behind? Could I have some believers just come and stand behind? I don't want you to ask them what it is. I just want a hand on each shoulder down here. Whew. I am telling you, you may have think it's just a simple message. God is setting some people free right now. And this is a new beginning, a new day for them. This thing has put teeth into their soul and it's caused them to feel rejection, lose identity, and God is setting them free. He's setting them free right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for those that are watching home, those that maybe lifted their hand and didn't come forward. God sees your heart. Lord, right now, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to say out loud, I forgive the offense. Say it again, I forgive the offense. I release them to you, God. They're yours. Help me to love, to care, to be compassionate. Start something new in my mind as far as the East is from the West. And that is forever. I release this offense. Forgive me, Jesus, for hanging on to it. Now here's the hard part. Jesus, bless the offender. Whoo! Jesus, bless the offender. 
I don't care, God. Just bless them and allow me to be free from this. Break the chains right now. Whom the sun sets free is free. Allow that this, God, allow this to be a new day, a new beginning in Jesus' name. Lord, I just say, Holy Spirit, empower them afresh and anew. Let them take these scriptures, pour them into their hearts and minds. We ask it in your mighty name. Amen. Turn to the person that's got their hand on you say, pray for me this week. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord.